welcome to the inaugural episode of Dragon Bites Basics. I'm Asim, one of the presenters for our regular podcast, Dragon Bites. This subseries, though, has been taken over by medical students and is aimed at teaching some basic paediatric concepts to healthcare students or anyone who feels they need a refresher. Each week, medical students from Wales will be joined by a paediatric doctor to discuss common paediatric conditions. This is just going to go over the basics, but should help healthcare students become familiar with conditions they haven't come across before. These episodes are just introductions and aren't meant to replace your regular revision. Remember, there will be some regional variations in practice, and practice will change as new evidence comes to light. However, this is paediatrics made easy to help listeners get their heads around some new things. We kick off this week with bronchiolitis. Alex Richards, one of the medical students in Cardiff University and a presenter for Dragon Bites Basics, is joined by Dr Tommy Isaac, a paediatric registrar working in Wales. They're going to talk through some of the basics of bronchiolitis together. This is the first of a two-part episode. Anyway, let's get started. Hello and welcome to another episode of the student edition of Dragon Bites. My name's Alex Richards and I'm a final year medical student at Cardiff University. Today I'm joined by Dr Tommy Isaac who is an academic paediatric trainee in Wales and we will be talking about bronchiolitis. Hi Tommy. Hi there, how you doing? I'm good thank you, how are you? Yeah I'm not bad at all. <laughs> good, so I was just wondering whether we could have a chat please. Uh-huh. On placement the other day, I heard about a child with um, bronchiolitis. Mm-hmm. I read up a bit about uh, um, the condition afterwards. I'm just a bit confused about kind of the investigations and the management and everything. So I was wondering whether we'd be able to go through it if possible. Yeah, that'd be fine. That'd be um, uh, no problem at all. Wow, thank you. So just to start off with kind of what is bronchiolitis? Um, well, so uh, bronchiolitis is... Um, one of the the Ron Seal diagnoses, you know, its its name tells you what it is. So it, it's it's bronchiolitis. It's inflammation of the lower the tubes of the lower respiratory tract, basically, um, uh, and it's a uh, a viral illness that affects children under the age of one, and typically presents with uh, distress in breathing and problems with feeding. Okay, so it's only in um, children under one. You can't really get it in older children. Well, so you you can. The diagnosis of uh, bronchiolitis does extend up to to two in some definitions, um, but in children who are uh, over one, you start to get into the area of crossover with viral induced wheeze, um, which is a similar pathology but a slightly different phenotype in their presentation um, so for probably the purposes of our chat we'll talk about the infant prevent- presenting with bronchiolitis okay fab thank you so other than obviously being less than one are there any other sort of risk factors for bronchiolitis um so bronchiolitis can happen to anyone but it is slightly more common uh, in children who have uh, older siblings who are um, out and about at um, things like nursery. Uh, so your typical kind of uh, presentation might be uh, mum turns up with a eight-week-old who's got a, a snuffly cough and cries and has started having trouble feeding and their older sibling who's two has a snotty cold and has been at nursery for the last six months and keeps coming back with colds. 
So that's the that's probably one risk factor you you think about the the viral vector where that's come from, um, and obviously exposure to a viral illness is a, a prerequisite. Um, children who are ex preterm uh, and have problems with their lungs, so uh, those who have chronic lung disease, or those who were just born uh, ex preterm and have broadly normal lungs, are still a slightly more at risk of presenting with things like bronchiolitis, um, uh, and then children who have other conditions that make them more at risk in terms of their chest. And so those children, they might not be more likely to get bronchiolitis themselves, but they might be more at risk of severe bronchiolitis that ends up presenting to medical care. And so those would be children with a cardiac condition. So uh, for instance, a, a large VSD that is causing them to have some degree of pulmonary edema. And so they already have a problem with their feeding and their um, ability to uh, gas exchange or children with uh, immunodeficiency. So something like uh, did George might mean that you're more likely to end up um, presenting to medical care with bronchiolitis or any other sort of chronic health condition would be something to think about. Um, uh, and I was taught to think about those p children as sort of bronchiolitis plus. So, you know, they've got bronchiolitis, but it's in addition to whatever else they've got, and they're, they're more at risk. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, and then thinking about kind of the history and examination, what sort of questions or findings do we want to mm. kind of ask? So in terms of the history, um, as with everything, we're thinking about uh, onset and duration when we, we, we start our history presenting complaint. But this can be really important um, for our prognostication, our explanations to parents in bronchiolitis and probably uh, for some exam questions as well. So um, when you're asking about uh, when this happened, it's important to find out when symptoms began. So, uh, and the reason that uh, I'm saying this is that your typical um, uh, pathogen that we tend to learn about in uh, exam textbooks and also whenever we have a year with a larger outbreak of it is RSV. So um, respiratory syncytial virus is uh, a typical cause of bronchiolitis. And that has a, a natural history um, where it, it normally is begins on day one with our, our symptoms of coryza and cough. And by day three, um, that's when it seems to have got worse. And then it carries on until day five and then tends to get better from uh, there. So and the reason it's important to find out about that is if you have a child who's presenting really unwell on day one, um, and it's an RSV bronchiolitis, you need to be able to explain to parents you're expecting things to get better, sorry, worse over the next two days. Um, yeah. And that can help you in explaining what kind of therapies they might end up having. Um, otherwise, uh, if it's a different virus, that's not necessarily as useful in terms of your prognostication, but it still can help you work out how bad things have been and how for how long. So, um, in bronchiolitis are two areas of assessment that we need to find out about are the breathing and the feeding. So from the breathing side of things, we're thinking about cough, work of breathing, um, uh, uh, and how long that's been going on for. In terms of the feeds, we're thinking about what are the, what's the child feeding on? So are they breastfed or formula fed? How much do they usually take? And so if they're formula fed, it's useful to um, uh, quantify that in terms of mils per kilo per day. Um, uh, and if they're breastfed, how often and for how long? Um, uh, and then 
whether or not they're having their usual amount of wet nappies because uh, an important part of the, the assessment in bronchiolitis is to find out whether they're having enough of their feeds because that dictates their criteria for admission. Yeah, okay. And what sort of things are the, in the criteria for admission? Um, so in terms of the breathing, it would be uh, whether they're maintaining saturations um, and the threshold we tend to use is 92%. Um, and then that they are not appearing to have such severe work of breathing that you're concerned they're going to become tired. That's a little bit more um, difficult to quantify in terms of how you do that. We obviously know what the um, signs of distress in breathing are. Tracheal tug, intercostal recessions, subcostal recessions, supraclavicular recessions, nasal flaring, head bobbing. But um, that's more of those bits that comes in a guideline that is more about having a senior decision maker be the person to say, no, this child could get tired, I'd like them to come in. Um, and that, those group of children I was talking about, the bronchiolitis plus children, are ones where you've got to have a really low threshold for thinking about that stuff. Yeah. Um, and then from the feeding side of things, um, that's a bit more uh, simple to say, um, and that's that they need to be feeding at least, at least 50 to 75% of their usual intake and passing appropriate volumes of urine. That makes sense. Thank you. So how do you quantify the urine output as well or just the feeding? You quantify the feeding by um, how much they're taking in mils per kilo or how often. Um, and to work out 50 to 75%, you can just divide that by two. Um, and you might ask, well, where, where do you pick 50 or 75%? And I, you can do that um, a little bit based on how much they're feeding. So if you've got a huge child who's really well fed, who's normally feeding 200 mils per kilo per day, you can probably be a bit more comfortable going down to the 50% threshold. Whereas if you've got a child who's struggled with weight gain already um, and is only feeding 150 mils per kilo per, per day, you could probably be a bit less um, gung-ho and go for the 75% um, cut off for them. Yeah. In terms of urine output, um, the NICE guidelines tend to look around kind of 12 hours as a as a cutoff but that just seems like quite a lot for me so um again would depend on the size of the child because for a um child in the neonatal period you'd expect be expecting much more frequent um uh wet nappies whereas a child more at the kind of approaching toddler age you might be thinking about three and 24 hours as a um as an absolute cutoff but I would just say if mum or dad feels that they're passing less wet nappies, that would be a reason to think about whether or not you support them in their feeding. Okay. And that is one of the criteria for admission, isn't it? Yeah. If you need to support them in their feeding, then they need to come in to have that happen. Amazing. Thank you. And then are there any investigations which will help with the diagnosis or is it kind of purely clinical? So you, you, you hit the nail on the head there. It's purely clinical. and there's um been various research groups who have tried to work out if there's anything you can do to um stratify these children using investigations but at the moment no so it is uh, a clinical diagnosis the only investigation that um might be necessary uh would be to think about um quantifying either your um degree of CO2 clearance. So sometimes people will do gases to help direct their therapy 
um, or to see whether children are getting better or worse in, in bronchiolitis. Um, but they're for your front door investigations, it's not one you typically do. Um, it's a little more for later on when you're, you've ended up escalating to some degree of respiratory support and you're trying to guide your way along it. And uh, I'm sure that if you speak to different doctors, especially more senior and more experienced consultants, um, will say, actually, if they're getting better clinically, the gas is going to be getting clinically better clinically. So why do it? Um, but that comes down to a, a bit of personal preference. Um, and the other thing that you might get on a gas or might want to assess is if you were worried this child was dehydrated, um, then you might be thinking about doing some use and ease to um, review that. But that's, again, at the threshold where you, th you might be thinking about whether or not this child needs IV fluids. And if you're at that point, you probably would end up doing some bloods. Yeah. Let's hold it there for this week, shall we? Thank you to Alex and Tommy for recording this for us and thank you for listening. Join us again next week for the second half of this episode. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites Basics.